Hi, this is Ellie Fishman, and welcome back. This is part two, and uh, the topic we were speaking about was radiation dose and CT, and we were speaking uh, about the pregnant patient, and this is the slide I left off with last time, that the risk of uh, radiation exposure to the fetus has to be weighed carefully about the benefits of getting single exam with getting the right answer. And this article, which is very good to read by Wessler, made the point that no examination should be withheld when an important clinical diagnosis is under consideration. Exposure to radiation may be unavoidable, but there is no evidence to suggest that the risk to the fetus after a single imaging study and an interventional procedure is significant. And it goes to show, and I'll come back to this in a moment, that when you look at the science, this is from the ACR practice guidelines. That's our guidelines. Under 50 milligray, there is no effect. 50 to 100, there is none in over 18 weeks, and probably none under 4 weeks. It's uncertain at the 5 to 17 week at time frame. Over 100 milligray, there are typically no issues over 18 weeks, and possibly issues between 4 and 17 weeks. So you can see that we're well beneath these numbers. So if you look, for example, at this chart, look at gestational age and what happens with uh, um, the different doses. And uh, you can see, f under 50, none, 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 none. And again, 50 to 100, uncertain, uncertain, or none. So again, doing a scan is well beneath these margins of error. And you can see just some of the numbers of dose, from chest x-ray to you know, CT to the like. Again, the importance of being very careful, doing the right studies, but this is very, very important. As shown in Table 1, the ACR suggests that the theoretical risks are not likely a dose is less than 100 milligray. Again, critical. ACR guidelines, again, to maintain high practice standard of safety, particularly when imaging potentially pregnant patients. Imaging radiation must be applied at levels as low as reasonably achievable. The Lara principle, while the degree of medical benefit, must counterbalance the well-defined and well-managed levels of risks. Do a study that's necessary and if it's necessary, it's the right study to do. So what you need to do is make sure CT is the study of choice. Maybe you need an ultrasound. Prepare the patient for the study as completely as possible. If you're ruling out appendicitis, give lots of oral contrast. You don't want to go back and get additional cuts or scans. Get the optimal protocol. You know, patients are larger, but what is the protocol you need? Scan the area that you need to scan and know more than that. And monitor the scan. That's where you should be at the scanner, making sure you do what you need and no more. So there are many different scenarios in a pregnant patient, but I picked five different scenarios. PE, trauma, appendicitis, which I'll kind of throw into the acute abdomen, and stone disease. What about PEs? Often comes up. PE is the leading cause of maternal mortality in pregnant patients. That's a critical point. So when the OB calls you and says he needs a PE, he's not doing it for his own health. PE is the leading cause of maternal morbidity. Pregnancy increases the risk of PE by a factor of five. And yes, we should do chest x-rays and ultrasound as the first test to screen, but they, if they are negative and there's a high clinical suspicion, CT is the way to go unless you can't get IV contrast material. And an article a couple years ago showed that most sites were doing CT in pregnant patients suspected of having PE, and those numbers have held up and are probably higher in current practice. Again, you want to be very careful. Here's just an article by Jaffe talking about difference in protocols. Uh, the better the scanner, the newer the scanner. 
newer quality, higher quality scanners, 64 slice or better, you can get lower doses. Important to recognize also your protocols have to be optimized. Uh, in her article, she made the point that in the same institution, the doses for P study could be 9 to 19. Chest, abdomen, pelvis from 7 to 18. So we can vary by 2 to 3 times the amount. So do the study with the best protocol for that patient on the best scanner you have. Use your lowest dose scanner. Now I'll just mention something brought up often is what about iodine use in the pregnant patient for IV contrast? Will that result in the fetus having a problem with thyroid disease? Key article by Atwell, based on the neonatal TSH measurements, we found no effects of iodine-iodinated contrast agents on neonatal thyroid function after in utero exposure. Very low volume of contrast, very low absorption. Based on needle TSA measurements, the IV administration of water-soluble non-ionic iodinated contrast agents to pregnant patients has no subsequent effect on neonatal thyroid function. Okay, very clear-cut. You don't have to worry about it. Okay, second problem, acute abdomen. We all know there are many reasons for acute abdomen. Um, sometimes you can use ultrasound, but sometimes CT is necessary. So, for example, appendicitis. Most common cause of a surgical abdomen in pregnancy, up to 70 per thousand patients. Ultrasound can be used first if it doesn't give you the answer. Some people use MR, most people use CT. Oral and IV, give lots of oral, wait 90 to 120 minutes. And you can look very nicely at this case to see the cecum and uh, this little bowel are well filled. The patient has no it's appendicitis. I also show you this case to give you a feel of what the placenta looks like enhancing. Very bright, homogeneous. You see the fetus in place with fluid in the uterine cavity. Um, another patient, again, showing you the placenta, bright enhancement, fairly homogeneous enhancement. And I'll show you why that's important in a moment. And again, here's the reconstructions I did of that. Just very nice examples. And again, you can see that in the pregnant patient, um, what happens is you really need to uh, make certain you do the study correctly. You only can do one run. You can't do two runs. So make sure it's correct. Now, in the trauma setting, I think people have less argument because trauma setting is acute. You need to do something. The severity of injury determines the workup, but priority is given to maternal survival. At the end of the day, you can't put the mother at risk. CT is used as needed in the chest and abdomen, and the most common uterine injury is placental abruption, which occurs in up to 40% of patients with severe injury. And I'll just show you an example. The patient was an MVA. Look at the placenta here. You see that mild enhancement? I thought some of it was blood, but the enhancement's abnormal. There's some bleeding in the abdominal wall. We said rupture, injury to the placenta. They decided they would monitor the patient for whatever reason. They monitored them about uh, 12, 13 hours later. The kid went into distress. They did a C-section, delivered the patient. I think, you know, this patient should have gone to surgery right away and had, uh, this patient was 36 weeks, so there wasn't an issue. But when you see placenta abruption like that, the trauma, you're going to have to do the delivery. And again, if it was 20 weeks, you would try doing all sorts of tricks. But at 36 weeks, I had the feeling, uh, just do it. Beautiful example. Here's some coronal views. And this patient, both mother and child, uh, did well at the end of the day. But just a very nice example of where a critical CT scan allowed us to make a very specific diagnosis. Nice 3Ds, if I have to say so myself. This will be the kid's first picture. Well, maybe not the first picture. They had an ultrasound, and you really can play around with it. If it wasn't for radiation, we'd do some really, really good fetal imaging. Okay, what else? Stone disease. 
Again, calculi are not uncommon. Ultrasound is done first. That can be the answer, but sometimes you need CT scan. If you need it, low-dose CT can be done. I'll just show you two sets of references. This article by Cicini. There was no significant difference between the 100% examinations and the 50 and 25% examinations. That's 100% of standard dose versus 50% and 25% of dose for detection of calculi over 3 millimeters. So again, the sensitivity with a 50 or 75% dose reduction. So they recommended basically a 50% dose reduction. Uh, and they felt you could surely see all the stones over 3 millimeters and even sometimes 75% dose reduction. Another article by Jin, very much the same thing. Decreased the tube charge from 100 to 30 MAS, resulted in similar detection of stones while reducing radiation exposure by as much as 70%. MDCT parameters should be tailored to minimize dose to the patient while detect clinically significant stones. And again, they use that word clinically significant stones because at the very low dose, obviously the noise increases and one to two millimeter stones or so are easy to miss, but those stones aren't what's giving the patient problems. So again, pregnant patient, stones an issue, you need to do a CT scan, fantastic, but do it at a lower dose. Now, in preparing to talk for the OB people, I, wanted to, I wondered if there was some number, some article published somewhere which said if you looked at X number of patients who had dose radiation during pregnancy in utero, the fetus, and didn't have, is there any difference in outcomes? And just a couple weeks ago, this article was published. Major radi radio diagnosis imaging in pregnancy and the risk of childhood malignancy, a population-based cohort study in Ontario, and that is Ontario, Canada. And look at this article. 1.8 million maternal child pairs. Okay, they use the records 5590 exposed to major radiologic testing in pregnancy. So again, and 1.8 million mothers were not exposed. At the end of the day, when you looked at all of the numbers, although major testing is now performed in about 1 in 160 pregnancies in Ontario, the risk of malignancy following exposure remains about 1 in 10,000. So basically they concluded there was no increased risk. They did say a disclaimer since the upper level of confidence, maybe as high as 1.8. We cannot exclude the possibility that fetal exposure to CT or radionuclide imaging is carcinogenic. The point is, in their numbers, they did not find that. So their conclusion was that when indicated major radiologics testing in pregnancy should be carried out along with brief counseling. The latter will hopefully lessen the level of anxiety experienced by a mother and her family, not only at the time of illness, but after her child is born. So what they were saying here was that because of what's written in the press and what people say to each other, the patient may become so anxious that they're doing the wrong thing, that they'll feel guilty. So you need to console the patient that there is no increased risk, that the numbers show that the child will have no issue whether or not the study is done. So again, very, very important. And so the results, when you look at the science, the science shows that when you need a study in a pregnant patient, you do it. You do it correctly, you do it protocol optimally, but you end up doing it. 
article uh, referenced the article in radiographics, invited commentary. In cases where CT is needed, protocols should be optimized for the individual with careful planning, with the use of dose reduction techniques that allow adequate imaging without unnecessary radiation exposure. As in all cases, the benefit of an imaging diagnosis needs to be weighed against theoretical risks. And that's exactly what we're saying. If you need the study, do it, but do it correctly. Obviously, we shouldn't just be doing studies. It needs to be thought out, but when it's necessary, just do it. Vernon, what you should tell your patient, the risk associated with a radiologic exam appears to be rather low compared with the natural risk. However, any added risk, no matter how small, is unacceptable if it does not benefit the patient. So going back to what Weisler said, the risk burden of radiation exposure to the fetus has to be carefully weighed against the benefits of obtaining a critical diagnosis quickly and using a single tailored imaging exam. So it becomes clear cut. The science is on your side. The logic is on your side. Do the right study. Do it the right way. And it will benefit the patient. So with that, hopefully, I've given you a little bit to think about. Again, the important thing with radiation doses, we all recognize we need to minimize it, do everything correctly, but we need to be looking carefully at the science and not the science as published in USA Today or the National Enquirer or People Magazine or anything else you want to name. So with that, hope that helps. Have a great day.